0: of the UN's Founders.
1: what they want us to do. And I think the world would be better off if we did leave. Alrighty folks,
2: welcome to the Animal Farm here on the We the People radio network. we got a special show for you tonight, we've got Mark Badnarik on the show, and we're going to be talking about the Constitution with him. Um And uh, we're also going to be talking to uh, about uh, Jim Cramer and his call for an investigation into the Federal Reserve. And on top of that, we're also going to be getting into the uh, latest rhetoric on the uh, elections as well as Bush talking about bombing Iran openly on television. <laughs> Internet. Is incredible. So uh let's get to the uh ridiculously weekly news we have uh Tony what do you got man?
3: Uh there's so much going on man, but I did want to start off with the uh the one article that really stood out in my mind like most of them do to start the show. Uh, the Pentagon explores human fear chemicals, scare sensors, contagious stress in the works. No. Yes, by David Hambling. American military researchers are working to uncover and harness the most terrifying chemical imaginable, that most primal odor, the scent of fear. Now the what? US now the US army is trying to track down and harness people's smell of fear. The military has backed a study on the identification and isolation of human alarm pheromones which focused on the preliminary preliminary identification of steroids of interest in human fear sweat. The so-called skydiving protocol was the researchers method of choice. In a lecture given at the 2007 Congress on Stress, the researchers hint at what their study found. And I did actually request Pyeth give me some appropriate music because I want to, <laughs> I want to read it in a, in a certain way. Ben, you know how I do things. <laughs> right. Pyeth, are you ready for that? Our findings indicate that there may be a hidden biological component to human social dynamics <laughs> in which emotional stress is quite literally contagious. <laughs> Thank you, Pyeth. I did want to. Just wanted, yep, okay. Just just wanted to give you a little butter with your bread, folks. You know, we we are here on the animal farm. <laughs> this work piggybacks on a 2002 study by the Ludwig Boltzmann Institute for Urban Ethology at the University of Vienna. Subjects wore underarm pads while watching a terrifying film, the horror movie Candyman, or uh, a neutral documentary. Afterwards, the subjects were asked to try and distinguish between pads worn by the people seeing each film. So that's kind of how they started uh, culminating the data there, Ben. Some have suggested that the human alarm pheromone could lead to chemical fear sensors. Check this out. The project Integrated System for Emotional State Recognition for the Enhancement of Human Performance and Detection of Criminal Intent specifically mentions the possibility of monitoring pheromone levels and just to end it up here, to finish up such systems could be used to assess fitness for duty, integrated into closed loop systems, regulating user vigilance and workload, or used to detect the sinister intent of individuals and prompt preemptive interdictions. These systems could unobtrusively monitor individuals within military operational environments or crowded civilian settings by relying on passive detection. Why are you telling me this? Getting a little strange? Well, it's been getting strange, and I think uh, I have to give Benjamin here the credit. We were discussing this article over dinner tonight, and he did remind me, and I had totally forgot about this, uh, so I am guilty, but the military did come out. Uh, you know we've been down this road before, so so to speak, and the military came out, and they had talked about the gay bomb i 'm not kidding that 's actually what they touted it's it as being do you have a little bit more info on that to remind people because I did forget I do uh, as a part of a military
2: effort to develop non lethal weapons. The proposal suggested one distasteful but completely non lethal example would be strong uh strong chemical, especially if the chemical also used caused homosexual behavior. So I think this is one of the things that they were trying to use on the, the terrorists who were so, so terrified yeah. of being gay. And they asked for $7.5 million to develop such a chemical weapon.
3: So there actually is, you know, the, point oh, of yes. the point of the article is that there, there, you know, there is a chemical weapon that can turn enemies into homosexuals. I mean I'm yes. not trying to
2: be guys had
4: to hide the fact that you're gay. <laughs> and this is, good <laughs>
2: and this is out of uh MSNBC com this uh this article so
3: it's not a joke and I and for me, you know, the bottom line is that if, if the you know if we're hearing about these types of um you know this type of research and these technologies and these types of weapons, I mean you can only imagine what our our the possibilities are endless. The yeah, possibilities are endless now. We're talking about really uh getting into changing behavior with, with a bomb. It's unbelievable. So like I said, it's getting really strange and it's getting really scary. And uh, there's there's more where that, that comes from. There's a lot of articles that we have to talk about we before have we get of,
2: a lot of news that's going to make us cry this week.
3: All right. Well, let me let me just jump into the student tracking devices cause controversy for school. Most of you who listen to our show, uh, our last show on Revere Radio Network, we did talk uh, about the Middletown, Rhode Island school and how the ACLU was. Uh, they were fighting as long with the parents. They were all fighting to not have the mandatory uh, ID chips in the backpacks, but nevertheless, it surfaced up again last week. Student tracking devices caused controversy for school. Ernie Graham says he was just thinking about student safety and teacher convenience when he ordered his 590 elementary and junior high kids to be the first in California to wear electronic security badges. Oh, how lovely. Isn't he just... Hey, whoa! Wasn't that great, kid? <laughs> yeah, Ernie Graham. What a, what a guy, huh? The badges, which have a radio frequency antenna that is Electronically read when students pass through monitored doorways seem like a promising tool for keeping attendance said Graham superintendent principal of the Britton Elementary School district in Sutter 51 miles northwest of Sacramento near Yuba City sort of a barcode for kids. Uh, what Graham's voyage to the new frontier got him was a whole galaxy of trouble. For three weeks, the 52-year-old educator has contended with angry parents, ambivalent kids, cranky email, multiple public meetings, bad press, and now a letter of rebuke from the American Civil Liberties Union, which is, I guess, expected, not because we know really that, that so. ACLU has been taking action, at least on this front. I'm not a huge fan of that organization, but we're not going to open up that can. The ACLU of Northern California, along with two national privacy rights, Groups objected to the mandatory badges, and that's that's what I want to talk about that after we're done here. Uh, objected to the mandatory badges in a February 7th letter saying that their use is more than offset by the danger posed in implementing this intrusive new technology. The groups, joined by some parents, contend that the radio frequency identification tags jeopardize students' safety and their privacy. Each badge includes the child's picture, name, grade, and the chip with an identifying number. That is recognized by the reader. Christ. You better Um, cut it
5: out right now or I'll pound you.
3: (laughs) It is our goal that no child in the United States be tagged or tracked. The parents of a 13-year-old student said this in a statement issued by the ACLU. We want it to be stopped here in Sutter, California, and we don't want any child to be tracked anywhere. Our children are not pieces of inventory and can i get an amen for that one that's very, hey,
5: kids. very well said and, and i have to agree
3: and you know uh we've talked about this before ben i mean in a, in a perfect world yes this technology would be very useful and if we never yes. had to worry about kidnappings yeah uh, then it wouldn't be a perfect world so i mean there is an argument to be had here but uh i don't know well, you know it's 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 a technology and it's used the same way that uh you know anything
2: else could be used you know fire fire is a good uh a good thing and also a very bad thing if you, yeah, if you wow. use it wrong, and, and that's what we have to look at in terms of technology. Wow. I have an article here. Um, study, Bush-led U.S. to war on false pretenses. Now, you don't need a study to figure that out. Well, most people know that already. But, <laughs> George W. But they actually did um, find hundreds of false statements on WMD's al-Qaeda uh, that were used to justify the uh, Iraq war. 935, uh, according to one of these studies, um, and it's a, a study by uh, two nonprofit journal- journalism organizations found that President Bush and top administration officials issued hundreds of false statements about the national security threat. I think it was perfectly reasonable in the two years following the 2001 terrorist attacks. The study concluded that statements were part of an orchestrated campaign that effectively galvanized public opinion and, in the process, led the nation to war under decidedly false pretenses.
3: So, uh. Yeah, really. That's, that's, that's definitely news to me.
2: Yeah, some of the stuff that, uh, we were, we've been talking about for a very long time, uh, finally floating to the top. Well, just
3: and just to you know, kind of segue here, I no mean, values. most of you have seen the recent Bush interview when he was in Israel, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's appalling to me, but, I mean, let's just follow suit. Let's just hear the words of our uh, trusty president here.
1: It was, they, 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 the Iranians are confident knows there would be a significant retaliation. The key, however, is to make sure that they don't end up with a weapon. And mm-hmm. one of the things I will um, talk to the prime minister about again is our strategy to,
6: uh, to solve this issue diplomatically. We spent a lot of time on this issue,
4: keeping the pressure on the Iranians.
7: Is, is you say diplomatically, but is a military strike still an option until well, the end of the US presidency?
4: The U.S.
1: always
6: maintained a military option. But I'm, I'm, um,
1: I haven't gotten there yet. I've got too much to do. <laughs> and to answer your question, um, you know, we, we will. No answers for buts, and so...
4: You said World
3: mean? War III, if I... Well, I did,
4: and we're making some progress.
3: I mean, I'm going to just, before I puke... You are a
5: donkey, Mr. Bush. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, you know, very I don't know about you Ben, but it seems to me very similar words before the uh the Iraq war, of course, uh, you know, well, we want to solve this diplomatically, but sure enough, next thing you see the bombs are going off and I don't know how he's going to do this in less than a can't I don't can't know how he's going to do this in less than a year. Um but nevertheless, folks, it's getting really scary and I just hope that something else doesn't happen before the the elections. But nevertheless, we want to go to calls real quick because we do have the guests coming up after the break. Um Carl in Montreal, go on, you're uh, you're on the air, go ahead.
4: Hi, I'm just listening in to what you
5: guys talk about. It's an interesting conversation. Uh, Well, I'm up, American up here in Canada. Uh, I don't know if I've called this show before. I think I have. Um, I'm a regular listener to this network over the uh, phone. Um, There was also an article in one of the local papers up here in Montreal, about them going to put, um, in British Columbia, is going to be the first province that's going to put microchips in the driver's license that will show a person's citizenship and other information about that person, supposedly to uh, use at the border, uh, you know, like the real ID or whatever, uh, with a microchip that can track their infor- information on person and uh, supposedly where in place for passport they want to use this. That's the justification.
3: Right. No, I, and absolutely, Carl. And uh, unfortunately, we are a bit short on time. I'm going to cut you there. I appreciate the call. I do want to play this. And I'm glad you brought up that topic because we do have a quick uh, little segment here to play the the real ID Act, And Yes, you're absolutely correct. There's a lot of talk about this. And now the mainstream media within the last two and a half weeks is really acknowledging it. You see a lot of stuff about this on Fox News. But uh, here's one of the reports.
8: The Real ID Act, a post-9/11 plan to improve security rules for driver's licenses, finally details were unveiled Friday, and it's going to mean big changes in the way we get and renew our most common form of ID. NBC's Pete Williams has more on the story. Good morning, Pete.
9: Amy, this is something that will affect nearly everybody that has a driver's license. That's more than 200 million of us will all soon face more scrutiny when these licenses come up for renewal. Responding to a storm of protest from states, the Department of Homeland Security says it will delay by nearly a decade the final deadline for real ID. A requirement that Americans get a more secure driver's license if they want to use it to board planes and pass federal security checks.
3: We think going forward with this rule is a fair balance between important security measures and the need to make sure we are cost-effective in what we do. To
9: lower the costs, Real ID will concentrate first on younger Americans, starting with the age group most terrorists have come from. Within the next six years, by 2014... I beg your pardon? Teen, anyone under 50, must get the new, more secure ID. For everyone else, the deadline is 2017. Getting real ID will require showing up with documents to prove identity and home address. The states must also add security features to make licenses harder to counterfeit. The Homeland Secretary says it will be worth the cost and bother.
3: It prevents someone from evading a watch list and getting on an airplane and blowing the plane up because they pretended to be someone else. Second, it damages or just takes away one of the major tools of illegal immigration.
9: And Secretary Chertoff says by phasing the...
3: Again, I have to point this out, Ben. How does it take away the tool of illegal immigration when several states, and in our, in our state, New York, Spitzer wanted to give out driver's licenses to illegal aliens? Well, I think we've all come, evil. To, the conclusion, we've all come
2: to the conclusion that it's really not about terrorism. Yeah, well, that, well that, and that's the it's basis. It's setting yeah. up a control grid, and it's about setting
3: up a, a prison state where everybody's tracked and traced. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, if, if, you know there's the bottom line. I mean, most of the stuff that we talk about can be taken to at least two different ways. Yep. If you think this is really going to help you know, protect you, then fine, then turn off the radio and, and go back to sleep. But we all know a lot better.
9: This program in, over the next nine years, it will cut about 75% off the cost of the states, Amy.
8: And Pete, speaking of states, I understand there are still quite a few who are resisting this, this notion of a, of a secure or a real ID. What then happens to those residents of those states that are still resisting?
9: Some states have actually even passed laws saying, no, we're not going to take part. And I think Homeland hopes that the states that have rejected real ID as either too expensive or not worth the trouble will now reconsider. These states have until May to say whether they will join the program. But if they still say no, then their residents, as of this May, will no longer be able to use a driver's license to board an airplane and will need some other form of accepted federal ID. And for most people, that will mean a passport.
3: All right. All right. Oh, no. We're all doomed. We're not making it up, folks. And I think <laughs> unlike the uh, unlike the RFID backpack children's school chip things, I think these are not necessarily going to be mandatory, but then mandatory is an interesting word in that sense because, yeah. Ben, you won't be able to board an airplane, and eventually, if they start incorporating finance into these cards, It's not mandatory, but there's punishment if you don't do well, it. Well, there's also limitations. You won't be able yeah. to travel. You won't be able to get on an airplane. So, uh, yeah, well, folks, I mean, you know, call in, let us know after the guests. We'll talk about this more, um, but... It's you know you heard it from the the mouth of the media and and, and many of you who've watched Fox News in the last two uh, weeks or so you've seen a lot of this and, and it's it's going on. When you're going to hear more about it, and I'm wondering when Lou Dobbs is going to tackle this just to be, uh, you know, fair and balanced because I know he does attack a lot of these anti-American type situations, but well. It is what it is, folks. We have a lot more news, and, uh, you know, a lot more news just like this. And, and as bad as it is here, it's, it's much worse in the U.K. But we're up against a break, and uh, do you want to announce the, uh,
2: yeah, the guess we, when we, we come we back? Yeah, we are going to be having a uh, Michael Baden-Ark when we get back from the break. So uh, everybody stay tuned. You're listening to The Animal Farm here on the media People Radio Network.
10: Hi, my name's Don Wiskin, and for over seven years I've been telling people about Cardivite. Here's Dr. John Matson, a naturopathic doctor, and his views on Cardivite.
4: I would like to thank you, Don,
11: for making my job so much easier, because your products just make it so simple, right? To fool around with a lot of exotic things that don't work, we can just put them on Cardivite and things start to work almost right away. I've had dozens and dozens of patients with heart problems who have corrected them, and what it's doing, there's so much garlic in there that has a yeast-killing effect, That yeast is a big problem in the gut, pushes the liver hard. It also has metal chelating effect. And most of the other herbs in there I find, that strengthen the arteries. They help to neutralize free radicals. Your remedy is as close to what we do in our program as you can get as far as one supplement goes. It's working on the gut, it's
4: working on the liver, it's working on the arteries. What more can you ask for?
10: To learn more, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit our website at heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P dot
12: Hey, Jack Blood here, host of Deadline Live. I wanted to share with you my secret weapon in fighting the new world order. It's a new product called Enerfood. Enerfood is far none the best health supplement I've tried, and I've tried them all. With many ingredients like spirulina, chlorella, dulce, kelp, barley, grass, alfalfa leaf, beetroot, orange peel, winter cherry root, it really is nothing less than superfood. I couldn't imagine having to shop and prepare all of these ingredients, but now I don't have to. Enerfood's done it for me, a simple scoop of powder. Every day is all it takes. No fillers, no miracle claims, no magic bullets, just a real product with real results. Call them today and mention Jack Blood and get a special discount. Get the two-pack special with the coconut oil powder. Call them now, 1-866-762-9238, 1-866-762-9238, or simply go to enterfood.com, that's E-N-E-R, enterfood.com, tell them Jack Blood sent you
7: now you and your friends and family can enjoy the sweetest cleanest drinking water anytime even while traveling camping at sporting events or in emergency situations the Berkey light removes bacteria cysts parasites and harmful chemicals to below detectable levels. It reduces nitrates and unhealthy minerals like lead and mercury, yet leaves in the nutritional minerals your body needs. The Berkey light is so powerful it can purify raw, untreated water from remote sources. The optional PF2 filter even removes fluoride. The Berkey light has a rechargeable LED lighting system and an elevated base for use in places other than a countertop. To get your Berkey system, please visit We the People Radio Network at WTPRN.com and click the Berkey banner or call 512-646-6444. That's WTPRN.com or call 512-646-6444.
5: Online and on demand, this is We the People
8: Radio Network.
6: Get up, stand up, stand up for your right. Get up, stand up,
2: stand up for your right. All right, folks, we're stand back. Up. Website is animalfarmshow.com. You can also drop us an IM at uh, a i m, and the name is Animal Farm Show, all one word. We do indeed have Michael Badnarik on the line with us. And uh, for those who don't know, Michael was 2004 Libertarian presidential candidate. He is a constitutional scholar, a gun rights activist. He ran for Congress in 2006. He's written a book called Good to Be King, and he's a fellow co-host here on the Meet the People Radio Network. Michael, welcome to the Animal Farm.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
2: So you're a constitutional scholar. You travel the country uh, teaching classes on the Constitution. You have an incredible eight-hour class on the Constitution. Uh, uh, online, which I've uh, listened to probably 20 times already. Um, And I was talking to a friend, uh, a young friend who isn't very politically minded, um, but he told me that he thought the Constitution was outdated. What do you say to that?
1: Well, the Constitution is only outdated if individual rights are outdated. It's only outdated if the idea that the government works for us and not the other way around. Is outdated. If you want to go to a totalitarian dictatorship, then yeah, the Constitution is going to pose a little bit of a problem, and you're going to need to get rid of it. I think that that's exactly what our government is trying to do. They haven't followed the Constitution in uh, many, many years. Most Americans haven't the faintest idea what the Constitution says. And in one respect, I agree with George Bush. It, when he says the Constitution is only a piece of paper, it's only a piece of paper that we, the people, are supposed to be defending. If we don't, if we don't support the ideas in the Constitution, then it's really just an artifact uh, sitting at the National Archive. And, you know, we should probably burn the Constitution, shred the Bill of Rights, and stop pretending that they mean anything at all.
2: So, so no! what, what is a constitution? Because right? a lot of countries have them. We're not the only one that has one. What is a constitution?
1: Well, our constitution um, explicitly puts limitations on our government. Try to imagine the founding fathers many years ago. The sky is bright and blue, the sun is shining, the children are playing, and there's, you know, crops in the fields. I mean, they have life, they have liberty, they have private property, and they would like to keep it that way. Do you imagine, even for a moment, that they said, you know, life is really good, let's invent a government to make our life worse. Let's invent a government that's going to raise our taxes every day, violate our rights, impose on, you know, the things that we want to do. That way we'd have something to to look forward to when we get up. Well, I can't even begin to imagine such a conversation. The founding fathers undoubtedly wanted to organize a government in a particular form that would protect their life liberty and property that would keep things as wonderful as they were at the time so the government would not continually raise taxes would not violate their rights and so the government would understand that any authority it had came from the people the declaration of independence says that we when any form of government becomes destructive of our rights we the people have a right to alter or abolish it. We have the power to eliminate our government and start over from scratch. And most people are shocked. Most people are shocked at that idea, but we've already done it once. We used to have the Articles of Confederation, and they weren't working to our satisfaction. So we threw the Articles of Confederation, you know, in the circular file, and came up with the Constitution. The preamble of the Constitution says, we the people in order to form a more perfect union well more perfect than what and the answer is more perfect than the articles of confederation that we just got rid of so it is at least philosophically possible for we the people to get together throw the constitution away because we don't think that it's working and come up with a third most perfect constitution but again the purpose of that constitution would be to protect our rights and make things better in the future, not to give the government a protocol by which they can violate our rights, take our power, and steal our land from us.
2: So essentially there was it's, it's an agreement between the people and the government.
1: Um, I don't know that it's necessarily an agreement. If I say this is what you are allowed to do, I'm not waiting for you to agree with me. I am, we, most people need to understand the difference between rights and privileges. My Constitution class and my book are all predicated on this simple concept that people don't understand the difference between rights and privileges. A right is something you can do without asking, such as walking back and forth on your land. A privilege, something that you need permission to do such as walking back and forth across my land. So, a right and a privilege are opposites. Either you need permission or you don't. Now, rights are individual rights. That's the only kind of rights that exist. If I wrote a, a geometry book and it had a chapter called Round Circles, it would be somewhat redundant. The only kind of circles that exist are round circles round is a definition of what circle is in my book chapter three is entitled individual rights and that is just as redundant the only kind of rights that exist are individual rights but because people don't understand that it it is necessary
5: statement that yes sense.
2: that makes a lot of
3: sense absolutely
2: so, uh, so, so there are, there's a big difference between rights and privileges. Um, now, how, how does that translate into what's happening today? I mean, because you, you, you talk about driver's license and how that's sort of uh, uh, being looked at as a privilege now. Um, and, it's being, and we're being told that it's a privilege. Is it a right or is it a privilege?
1: Well, again, go, if people want to understand the difference, I have actually made Chapter 2 of my book available for free my website is constitutionpreservation.org constitutionpreservation.org follow the link to my book and you can also uh, right below the photo of my book you can download chapter 2 as a pdf document and it will explain the difference between rights and privileges if everybody in the united states read and understood that chapter a lot of our problems would start to go away unfortunately because we don't understand the difference between rights and privileges our government has been gradually converting what are supposed to be rights into privileges and we the people have gone along with it nobody in your listening audience has a church permit nobody listening to the sound of our voice has gone and filled out a government forum that allows them to exercise their religion And if you ask them why, they'll become very indignant. They'll tell you that freedom uh, of religion is a right and that the government has no authority to require them to have a permit in order to exercise a right. And I applaud and congratulate them on getting the logic absolutely correct. And then I ask them to tell me the difference between the First Amendment and the Second Amendment the second amendment outlines and identifies a right to keep and bear arms so if you don't require a permit in order to go to church then why do i have to have a permit to keep and bear arms to non sequitur one of those is wrong and the answer is absolutely i don't require a permit to keep and bear arms i have a right to life i have a right to protect my life and i have a right to to protect my life with firearms, if I decide that's the way I want to do it.
2: Uh, I listen. I think that's a, a great point. And uh, when we get back, I want to want to ask you a question: Do you have a permit? But save that until we get back. We're talking to Michael Badnarik here on the We the People Radio Network. You listen to Animal Farm.
11: Thank you.
1: Fabrique Nationale makes a rifle known as the Fusil Automatic Léger or Light Automatic Rifle, considered to be the right arm of what's left of the free world. If you're familiar with FNFAL, then visit GunPartsGuy.com, an excellent source for parts, accessories, and technical support for all FAL rifles. If you'd like to modify or upgrade your FAL, the Gun Parts Guy has a great selection of new, refinished, and refurbished parts. The Gun Parts Guy doesn't have a federal firearms license, and he doesn't want one, but he is the source for parts and the best FAL kits today. Call James at 360-906-8369 or email GunPartsGuy at hotmail.com. Com. You'll be pleased with the personal care and technical support you get from the Gun Parts Guy. That number again, 360-906-8369. Whether you call or visit the website at gunpartsguy.com, be sure to mention WTPRN to get an additional 10% discount off their already low, low prices.
4: And so, my fellow Americans, ask not Who owns the Federal Reserve? Ask not why they took the gold out of our country. Ask not why I wanted to abolish the Federal Reserve. My fellow citizens of the world. Ask not. For the first time since the JFK assassination, we have used the Watergate mantra of follow the money, which has led us to a startling revelation on the identity of the mastermind behind the crime. This revelation could blow the Kennedy assassination wide open. To find out who that mystery man is, go to www.thenextstrike.com and click on the channel The JFK Assassination.
0: What are these so-called Republican frontrunners for president support? Amnesty for illegal aliens, like liberals? Out-of-control spending, like the Democrats? Nation-building overseas? Wasn't that Bill Clinton's policy? Flip-flopping on the issues? What's Republican about any of that? The real Republican is Ron Paul.
4: The Republicans are losing because they did not keep their promise to end big government at home and nation-building overseas. My record is different.
0: Yes, Ron Paul's record is different. Ron Paul has never voted for a tax increase or an unbalanced budget. Ron Paul voted against amnesty for illegal aliens. Ron Paul voted against nation building overseas. Ron Paul follows the Constitution, not the lawyers, not the lobbyists, not the latest poll. To learn more about Ron Paul, the real Republican running for president, go to ronpaul2008.com. That's ronpaul2008.com.
9: This is Ron Paul, candidate for president, and I approve this message. This message brought to you by grassroots efforts to elect Ron Paul.
5: Lighting the fires of liberty with your host, Michael Badnarik from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central, Monday through Friday, only on We the People Radio Network.
2: You're back. You're listening to the Animal Farm here on We The People Radio Network. We are talking to a 2004 presidential candidate and also 2006 congressional candidate, Michael Badnarik, And we left off the conversation asking asking him if he owns a permit for his, uh, for his guns. Do you, Michael?
1: Well, you can't own a permit. You can carry a permit. And no, I do not have a permit from the government. I have rights. I know what my rights are. And uh, don't require a stinking permit. Not uh, again, as I <laughs> said earlier. If you don't, require a permit, you don't require a permit to go to church, and I don't require a permit to go to own a gun.
2: Mike so, Levy, uh, do, do you get in trouble for that? I'm sorry. Do you get in trouble for that, or, or
3: have
1: you? Well, I haven't. Come, I haven't yet. I well, was going to ask the same again, question, Ben. I haven't. I haven't had any police officer try to disarm me either.
2: Hmm. Oh, well, that's interesting. It's very interesting.
1: Mr. Badnark, we'd like you to hand us your pistol. Oh, certainly, officer, as soon as you hand me yours.
2: <laughs> <Huh>. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's great. I have I have a, a very, very, very interesting quote right here. Since we are talking about uh, the Constitution with you, um, I want to get your take on some of these alphabet agencies that we have and some of the agencies that have sort of infiltrated our a- agencies. And I'll start off with a quote here. Um, this is from uh, James McGregor Burns, Council on Foreign Relations member in 1984. He says, Let us face reality. The framers of the Constitution have simply been too shrewd for us. They have outwitted us. They designed separate institutions that cannot be unified by mechanical linkages frail bridges or tinkering if we are if we are to turn the founders upside down we must directly confront the constitutional structure they erected what do you think about the the cfr and 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 people like that
1: well i think anybody who is trying to overturn the constitution is trying to overturn individual rights and private property because that's exactly what the uh, constitution protects and, you know, if you like being a slave to a totalitarian dictatorship, well, then you want to fund and support the Council on Foreign Relations. Not that they really need your money. They're a group of very rich people who uh, feel that they are literally smarter than you, that they know how to run your life better than you, and they are working behind the scenes to establish a one world government because. If you knew about it, well, in your ignorance, you might try to remain free.
2: Hmm. So when you talk about individual rights, do you, does, where does property rights fit into this?
1: The second president of the United States, John Adams, said that the moment that it is admitted into society that the law of property is not as sacred as the law of God and that there is not a force of justice and public law to protect it, then tyranny and anarchy commence. So, I mean, I don't know what you know your personal uh, religious views are, or the religious views of your listeners, but if the law of property is as sacred as the law of God, you know it's got to figure into the equation somewhere. Yeah. All of our rights derive from property, even your right to life derives from ownership of property and the question is who owns your body now in two thousand and seven in the united states we take that as a rhetorical question the answer is well of course michael i own my own body but that is not a universal idea it certainly wasn't universal in seventeen seventy six when they wrote all men are created equal. Women were not allowed to vote. Women were not allowed to own property. And even more embarrassing to our American heritage, black people were considered property. Now,
3: Not to to mention the Indians as well.
1: Well, the Indians weren't even considered property. I mean, Mm -hmm. they weren't even considered I mean, they were, I don't know exactly what people thought, but I'm guessing that the uh, you know the American Indian was considered too savage even to be used as a slave perhaps I don't know but we just continued pushing the American Indian off of the land we we brought blacks in from Africa to to work as slaves for us and we had all these really intellectual and philosophical ideas about you know individual rights and um, you know the natural rights of man but we were we were not applying them consistently Now, the constitution actually says article one section nine clause one it says that congress cannot make slavery illegal until after eighteen oh eight which means that up until eighteen oh eight slavery was not only legal but it was constitutional now i ask people did we eliminate slavery in eighteen oh nine 1810, perhaps. 1811, when did we get rid of slavery? Well, we didn't pass or ratify the 13th Amendment against slavery and um, involuntary servitude until 1865 after fighting a bloody civil war, which oddly enough had nothing to do with slavery. Slavery was just an excuse for mm-hmm. war between the states. But mm-hmm. that was in 1865 in 1965 a hundred years later after the 13th amendment was ratified my brothers and I were traveling with my parents in one of the southern states and I personally saw a sign over a drinking fountain that said whites only in my lifetime and I had to ask my parents what that meant and as a young child I was incredulous I couldn't believe that you would not be allowed to take a drink of water just because your skin happened to be a different color than mine so for all those people who point to thomas jefferson and many of the other founding fathers and accuse them of being hypocritical for writing all men are created equal and then having slaves the founding fathers did not eliminate slavery completely the first time around but we haven't gotten rid of our racial bigotry now i mean there is still some nervousness between whites and blacks but i think that the the racial division right now is be, between the whites and the um, the mexicans who are coming across the border you know and, and people are becoming really really nervous about that we need to recognize that every individual has rights the people who live in china have a right to life they don't have a constitution they don't have a bill of rights and they don't have a government that is willing to respect their right to life but that doesn't deny the fact that they have a right to life if one and a half billion chinese people woke up tomorrow and stood up together and said to hell with this communist form of government there would be no communist government in china because one and a half billion people could pretty much do whatever the hell they want. The reason that a billion and a half people in China are still basically, you know, under the bonds of slavery is that somewhere inside their twisted minds they think that they belong in slavery. They think that this is the way things supposed to be.
2: Well, I think All that's they really have interesting, do- you know, Harriet Tubman had a great quote um where she had said, you know, I I freed a thousand slaves and I could have freed a thousand more if they had only known that they were slaves. Um, and I think that really goes to saying that, you know, slavery, for the most part, is really in the mind. And, and Bob Marley was also another person that had stated, you know, you have to free yourself from mental slavery. Um, you know, and, and it, it really is a, a, a very psychological aspect of of, what's, uh, of what we think. Absolutely,
6: yeah. whole thing is psychological. (laughs) Yeah,
3: and just to add on to that, Ben, I was going to make that point, but just to add to that, uh, just like every other situation where the the population of any given place or or, um, government or nation, if they could just realize the power that they had Granted, they think, oh, the government has all the power. No, the government has control. And it's a good quote. I don't actually know who said it, but, uh, the people are the actually, the ones who actually have the power. They just don't know it. And I think that's such a huge part of this. And, uh, and, and just like you said, Michael, even in this day and age, uh, in our own world, uh, 2008 right now, and even in our own electoral process, even in the Democratic Party, you, it's almost hard not to turn the TV on and, and, hear something about the racial differences or, uh, sexual differences between candidates. And it's, it's, Embarrassing. I mean, they don't act well either, but it's, it's really embarrassing in my opinion.
1: Well, I, I agree. And we, the people, need to recognize that we are sovereign. We are the source of all political power in the United States and that we have rights and we give the government privileges. Those privileges are listed explicitly in Article One, Section Eight of the Constitution. Anything that the government is doing not explicitly listed in that section is, by definition, unconstitutional.
2: Oh, that's really really interesting. Yeah, um, Michael, give out your website real quick, um, and we are going to uh, we're going to take phone calls for you in the next segment uh, for anybody who wants to call in and, and talk to Michael Badnarik.
1: Website is ConstitutionPreservation.org, ConstitutionPreservation.org.
2: Excellent. All right, folks, we'll be back momentarily. You're listening to the Animal Farm on We the People radio network. Stay tuned.
1: Fabrique Nationale makes a rifle known as the Fusil Automatic Leger, or Light Automatic Rifle, considered to be the right arm of what's left of the free world. If you're familiar with FNFAL, then visit GunPartsGuy.com, an excellent source for parts, accessories, and technical support for all FAL rifles. If you'd like to modify or upgrade your FAL, the GunParts Guy has a great selection of new, refinished, and refurbished parts. The GunParts Guy doesn't have a federal firearms license, and he doesn't want one, but he is the source for parts, and the Best FAL kits today. Call James at 360 906 8369 or email gunpartsguy at hotmail.com. You'll be pleased with the personal care and technical support you get from the Gun Parts Guy. That number again, 360 906 8369. Whether you call or visit the website at gunpartsguy.com, be sure to mention WTPRN to get an additional 10% discount off their already low, low prices.
6: Call 877-873-9626. That's 877-873-9626.
12: Deadline Live and Jack Blood are proud to announce our new bookstore.
9: Remember, remember the 5th of November. I'm Ron Paul, and you're listening to We the People Radio Network.
3: All right, folks, welcome back to the Animal Farm Radio Show on We the People Radio Network. Just joining us, we have Michael Badnarik on the line, former presidential candidate. I'm your host, Tony Pax, along with Ben Miller and Pius. You? We will take your phone calls. Uh, this has been a great interview so far, Michael. Um, very intriguing stuff. I do have a question, and I think maybe I'm tr- I was trying to think of a collective question from most of the listeners. I came up with this. Um, you know, we talk a lot about police state. Type stuff on the show. We really talk about how the government is is cracking down, and we we talk a lot about um, how the police themselves are becoming militarized. And in in this day and age, where we talk about government uh, to, uh, illegal illegally wiretapping of our phones and our computers, we have talk about forced RFID implementation of our children and their backpacks. We have talk about national ID cards with uh, biometrics put in, and of course now cameras are on every street in every major city. With all of this going on, and we will talk about the Dick Cheney news coming out, but Michael, uh, you know the, the the ultimate question I have is where where is the collective breaking point of the population? You know, a lot of people I talk to, and if, when I bring up proof about certain issues that we talk about here on the Animal Farm, it, the the response I often get is, "Well, you know, it's never going to happen in America. Oh, that we'll never let that happen. We'll never." And yet, I always come back with, "Well, what if you don't know it's happening?" So uh, the question is, you know, at what point does the population really rise up and start? really protesting in large numbers against what the government is doing
1: how the hell would i know there is no there is no collective breaking point everything is an individual breaking point if i smack my thumb with a hammer you guys don't feel pain in your hand you know if i study all night you guys don't get smarter and if i eat you know a dozen donuts you guys don't add you know gain weight everything that we do is individual and sooner or later, some individual is going to reach their breaking point and they're going to start to resist. And then people around them are going to realize, well, wait a minute, this other person has, you know, has started this. I guess it's okay. Nobody wants to be the first person. Absolutely, you know, to Mm -hmm. pull the trigger. Nobody wants to be the first person to resist. And in fact, a friend of mine and I were discussing the idea that slaves are typically not beaten by the master, but by other slaves. If you've got you know a hundred slaves and only you know two or three you know uh, controllers with the whip, the the controllers are desperately outnumbered but they go around and they they you know beat people with the whip and if one slave starts to stand up and resist that slave will be beaten down by the other slaves because the other slaves don't want to incur the general wrath we don't we don't want you to get out of line because if you get out of line then we may get beaten and right. you know we are afraid and so those of us who Tend to step out and be a little bit more independent. We're not beaten up by the government so much as we are beat up by the people around you. You know, Ron Paul can't win. You have to pay your taxes. You're never going to get away. You're never going to get on an airplane without an RFID chip. All these people who are afraid to resist telling you that you are not allowed to resist. Right. And I. it's all it's all an individual thing look at uh, what happened in uh, germany you know they started putting all these they the jews were all required to wear the star of david did they resist and say that they were being singled out no they figured that you know the star of david was a a religious symbol it represented god and we should we should be proud to wear the symbol because we love god then the germans broke all the windows and all the German businesses. It was a weekend known as Knocked. Did they rise up and say, you've damaged our property? No, they kind of went along to get along. The Germans were mad already. They had guns. We don't want to piss them off anymore. Well, then the Germans start putting them on, you know, in railroad cars and, you know, shipping them out of town. Where the hell do you think you're going? On vacation? Mm-hmm. When yeah. are you going to stand up? And I ask people here in the United States, what does our government have to do before you will finally start to resist? Do they actually have to line people up on the street outside and shoot people in in broad daylight against the wall? And if they do, how many people are not going to resist because, oh gosh, I don't want to be the next person lined up on the wall. We better behave ourselves. We better go along because the government is now shooting people. Well, to hell with that. I am not going to be like Anne Frank and wait in the attic.
3: Yeah, no, Michael, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, the, I mean, you hit on it. The, the answer to the initial question, I think, was brilliant, and I think you're absolutely right. But to answer your question, um, I don't think the government has to, frankly, uh, take people and line them up and shoot them because they've already got their minds. Once you take someone's mind away, you've taken the freedom away anyway. So they're they're in prison within their own mind. And that's another paraphrase from another documentary. But nevertheless, the number is 888-202-1984. Michael, we're going to take some calls. Is that okay? That's great. All right, Ryan in New York, you're on the air with Michael Badneric.
6: Hey guys, how you doing?
3: How's it going, Mike? Uh-huh. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Go
12: ahead. Okay, hey, Michael, I got I got a question. You were talking about the gun permits. How likely it is is it that the average person can uh, beat that in court? Because obviously, if you don't have a permit, they're going to charge you with a crime.
1: I don't know how easy it is for the average person, and I don't worry about the average person. I only worry about me. I had a, I gave a speech to a, a college group in Rhode Island, and a girl raised her hand and says, Michael, don't you think guns are dangerous? I said, no, I don't. If I thought they were dangerous, I wouldn't have a closet full of them. And then she <laughs> smiled a little bit, and she goes, well, couldn't we vote to take your guns away from you? And I said, yes, you could. You can decide that Michael is dangerous and crazy, and you can have a unanimous vote to take my guns away. I said, but then you're going to have to have another vote to see which one of you is going to come and take them. And I said, that's not a vote I recommend that you win. Right. Well, what's, what's I, the implication of this whole new Nick system put in place?
12: The whole new what system? Nick system. I guess it's a collective database. The government's going to be uh, implementing with uh, all sorts of records. Say, like I, I, I was a soldier. I was in the army. Um, is this going to affect me? Because I, I have I have a stress disorder. Are they going to be able to tell me that
1: I'm not going to be able to bear a gun? Well, they're going to be able to tell you, but the question is whether or not you're going to listen. They can well, tell me anything they want. There are 23,000 gun laws in the United States which are unconstitutional, and I right. won't follow them. They have right. no authority to deprive me of my right to life, my right to protect my life. And, you know, they want to take my guns. I will give them my guns one bullet at a time. I will not be disarmed. I will not stand still and let this go on. I, I can only speak for myself. I know that I will not go to a concentration camp. I will die very, very, you know, shortly outside the, the apartment.
2: Amen. Was it- yeah, Michael, it, it, it's great. Balls to the wall. I love it. Um, we're going to take another phone call here. We have Al from South Dakota. Al, you're on the air.
1: Oh, great. My- Michael, I just want to say what an honor it is to uh, be able to ask you a couple of questions. And um, I, I did voted for you in the last election, of course. I had your sticker uh- on the back of my truck. Uh, Thank just- you. My question, uh, oh, and by the way, I love your book, Good to be King. Um, my question, I've actually got two questions, if you don't mind. Uh, the first one is, uh, what are your thoughts on Ron Paul and the uh, what the mass media is uh, basically eliminating him from uh, being mentioned? And the second one is, uh, just to provoke a little uh, uh, conversation, uh, have you read uh, Mark Stevens' book, uh, Adventures in Legal Land? the let me answer the second question first, yes, I have read Mark's book, and uh, I thought it was very interesting. I actually met Mark here in Austin when he came to uh, to give his class, and I was a uh, a guest on his program that evening, so there's got to be an archive there someplace. Okay. Um, as for the first question, I think Ron Paul is the only person qualified to be president. He's the only person that understands the Constitution and votes. Uh, based on its limitations <clears throat> the um, we knew before we got started that the mainstream media was going to downplay him and ignore him you know we didn't think that they were gonna play by the rules so we the people have to you know grab the bull by the horns we have to get ron paul elected in spite of the media blackout so it is our job to tell everyone that we that we come in contact with, tell your friends, tell your family, tell the people that you meet on the bus on the way to work, stand on a street corner holding up a sign. It is our job there's no reason that every person in the United States couldn't know about Ron Paul and wouldn't vote for him it is believe it or not most of the people in the United States don't know who he is they haven't heard of him. But once they do hear, they will vote for him and support him. And the only thing standing between that and liberty is us. We, the people who know about Ron Paul, have a responsibility to tell everybody who doesn't.
3: I agree. Thanks, Michael. Well said. Amen. And we are obviously up against another break, and we will uh, be right back.
8: Rights protects every American's God-given right to keep and bear arms. Now that right is being seriously undermined as legally registered rifles are being confiscated in some parts of our country. If we're not careful, we may find ourselves with no right to own guns. And that's where Gun Owners of America comes in. Gun Owners of America is in Washington every day fighting for you to keep that right. Congressman Ron Paul has called GOA the only no-compromise gun lobby in Washington. You need to be part of this great grassroots group of activists who are keeping the heat on their members of Congress. Find out right now how you can join. Call 888-886-GUNS and get started receiving their fact-filled newsletters and action alerts. Call 888-886-GUNS or go to their webpage at gunowners.org and help make your voice heard in Washington. Make that call right now and call Gun Owners of America at 888-886-GUNS. Remember, it's not just about gun control, it's about control.
5: Great host, great topics, free speech at its best. This is We the People Radio Network. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are
9: the illusion. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off right in the middle
6: of a sentence. I'm speaking to you now. Turn them off.
3: People Radio Network, welcome back to the Animal Farm Radio Show. If you've just joined us, we are joined by Michael Bagnark, former presidential candidate. And we were talking about many things, not the least of which was just general people's uh, human rights. And we did get into uh, a couple of debates, but I did want to actually ask one more question. And, um, what, Michael, what, what do you think the best method of activism is? Let's, you know, obviously this network is filled with listeners who want to make a difference. You know, we're so inspired and we're always looking for the ways uh, to spread information and get people involved. Because, like you mentioned before, once any. You know, average person hears about Ron Paul and hears what he has to say about liberty and freedom. And and once they hear him talk, it's obvious that he's the only real candidate and he's not sugarcoating things at all. So uh, what would you say the best form of activism is? What what have you found to be very effective in your in your years to, to convince people and to get people thinking?
1: Well, again, there is no best way because each person that you talk to is going to be a little bit different and when i was running for president the number one question was well what's the uh, the number one issue this year for the campaign and you don't know until you talk to the pre- people each person has an issue but each person has a different issue and so there's no reason for me to talk to you about the second amendment if that's not something you're concerned about Right. so you know before i start talking to anybody i need to really find out You know, what you are concerned about, and then I give you the, you know, the, um, constitutional answer for that, and, you know, all of a sudden you're on my side. So, the only thing that you should not be doing is sleeping too much you should be doing absolutely everything it's like you know what what's the best way to put the uh, fire out you know when your house is on fire you know should you use a garden hose or carry buckets or you know call the fire department well how about doing all of those things anything that you can be doing to spread the word of liberty to teach people about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights that's what you should be doing if you want to do it over the internet or by email or in person i mean every breath you take should be expelled telling somebody about liberty
3: absolutely um... was there an event that really changed you to start getting into, uh, dare I use the word politics, but you know know what I'm saying. Was there something that happened? uh, Was it the Fountain incident that you described before? Was there anything else that really opened your eyes as to how corrupt the government really, really is in our own country?
1: In um, 1982, I was working for my company. My company sent me to uh, Pennsylvania um, on a project. I was there for 18 months, and long story short, I ended up owing the... uh, the IRS a bunch of money that I didn't anticipate and it was a a very unpleasant experience to say the least well that experience caused me to study the IRS caused me to study the 16th Amendment the Bill of Rights and eventually the Constitution and as I began to study the Constitution I began to get confused because it appeared that most of what my Government did was unconstitutional. And the more I studied, the more I realized that is exactly true. Most of what my country does is unconstitutional. I find that unconscionable and totally unacceptable. And as long as I'm alive, I will be doing my very best to restore liberty, to restore our constitutional republic. And if I die, then Liberty's no longer my problem. The people who are still alive after me now they're gonna have to pick up the torch of liberty and do whatever they can because you know i've I've done everything that I can
2: yeah very very true uh number to call in eight 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 two zero two nineteen eighty four um you are uh, a champion of liberty michael and you know you are uh, somebody who understands freedom in, in ways that most people don't uh, what you know we're constantly given the the choice between freedom and security or freedom and prosperity. what is freedom the best uh, I guess this is kind of a loaded question, but is freedom the best uh, method for prosperity? and if so, why?
1: Well, yeah of course it's the best method for prosperity because each person pursues happiness in their own way. And when you and I are free to trade, let's say that I have an ounce of silver and you have an apple, and I'm really hungry. Well, I can't chew on this piece of silver, you know. So I offer you a trade. I offer to give you, you know, this ounce of silver if you exchange that apple for me. Well, now it's my uh, my apple and your silver. I'm happier because now I can eat the apple and, and get rid of my hunger hunger and you're happy because you were collecting these things so that you can go off and buy something else. You know, possibly, you know, for your uh, children's education or something like that. So in a voluntary transaction like that, both of us are happier because both of us end up with you know what we wanted.
3: Absolutely. Um I did actually want to play off what you were just talking about you were t- talking about the IRS which uh, I guess is uh many ways in which you can really Look through the glass, so to speak, and see what the government's up to illegally in that sense. But um, I wanted to get your comments. We actually did do a show, Michael, a while back on the Federal Reserve. We did talk about Aaron Russo, the late Aaron Russo's film, America Freedom to Fascism. I would guess that you've seen that film, and I wanted to get your comments on that.
1: I saw that film the very first time that it was uh, presented. It was presented in uh, Phoenix, Arizona at the, uh, the Libertarian State Chairs' Meeting and I've seen it uh, several times since then I thought that it was an excellent um, movie Aaron Russo um, recently passed away I ran against him in the presidential campaign he and I were good friends and I think that he's uh, an excellent movie maker and I think that when he started out he He started out to actually answer the question for himself. I don't think that he felt as passionate about it as he did once he found the the answers to the question. And I think the best part of the um two parts of the movie one is when they're talking with the i r s former i r s chair or something, and the guy is talking around in circles and he's going, "You don't think we you know have to follow a supreme court decision, do you?" That was one, <laughs> and then at uh, in the middle, where they're talking with uh, Marcy Brooks, who was a member of the jury that acquitted uh, a man, and you know she came to the realization that oh my God, you mean maybe none of us have to pay a tax, and then you see crowds cheering and fireworks, you know, where people finally you know come to that understanding. And once uh, the American people understand the Constitution, then I think we're going to be a whole lot better off. When I, I do uh, presentations to uh, large audiences, I ask for a show of hands, how many people here this evening are good, patriotic Americans? Well, needless to say, it's a unanimous, uh, you know, show of hands. Everybody's a good patriotic American. And then my next question is, good. Well, who can? How many people, by show of hands, can tell me how many articles are in the Constitution? And and very rarely do I have any hands go up. And my follow-up question is, well, how much less would you have to know about the Constitution to not be a good American? I mean, it's our job to protect the Constitution. It's not the Constitution's job to protect us. If you want to know how much protection the Constitution is going to give you, stand on a railroad track with a train coming and hold up your copy of the Constitution, and you're going to suddenly discover exactly how much protection the Constitution is going to give you. And that is basically none
3: absolutely it 's up to us to to enforce it, and I think that was the initial point that you made and it 's such a such an important point to hit home uh, with people and you know it 's so hard to reach the masses these days because of well because of television because of media and whatnot but no i think it 's a, a great point. I think it needs to be enforced, and uh, we 're all too happy just to enforce it uh, here 's one thing you know
2: I think that you know, one of the reasons that it 's hard to meet the masses and this is something you also touch upon in your constitutional class that i 'd like you to sort of touch upon now. Um, you know when you're on TV and constantly people are saying we have to protect our democracy and uh, we have to you know spread democracy overseas what you know what what is your view on democracy what is the difference between a uh, a democracy and a republic
1: well I hold the same view that the American uh, founding fathers had and that is that a democracy is a tyranny of the majority in a democracy you have no rights because 51 percent can vote away the you know rights and property of the forty nine percent. So in a democracy you only have privileges which are granted to you by the generous goodwill of the majority. Well I I'm not willing to allow the majority to vote on my freedom of speech. You're not allowed to vote on my right to keep and bear arms. And basically we don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic, as evidenced by I pledge allegiance to the flag and to yep. the republic which for it which stands. it Thank stands. You. And so the difference between a republic and a democracy, yes we have representatives, yes we get to vote, but in a republic there are certain things you're not allowed to vote on. You're yeah, not was, allowed to vote on anything that has to do with my rights or my property.
2: Yeah no this is I mean this is an interesting Interesting thing, because I was talking to a, another friend about this. This one slightly less ignorant than the last, but had basically said to me that uh, you know when I had told him that this is a republic and not a democracy, he uh, he kind of looked at me and said, "Well, that's your opinion. Is it my opinion or is it a
3: fact?" How many times did he pledge the flag? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, it's it's a fact. I had that same conversation in two, the year 2000. I was running for state rep here in Texas, and I wanted to place an ad in the campaign they had one of these inserts uh, that was going to have photos of all the candidates and so I had enough money to put an ad and I was faxing my ad from out-of-state and I had my picture and I had a bunch of uh, you know key points there and then I had a paragraph that started the United States is not not a democracy we are a constitutional republic and I faxed it in and the uh, woman called me and said, yes, we have your facts. We like the ad. However, the con- the editor wants to change it. I said, what Ooh. does the editor want to change it to? And she says, well, the editor wants it to say, the United States is not a democracy, in my opinion.
3: Oh, wow. And I
1: said, no. I said, it is not my <laughs> opinion. This is, this is hard, cold fact. And she got a little indignant. She goes, well, do you have any... Uh, documentation to support that point of view and I said go back to your fax machine and I took article 4 section 4 of the constitution which says the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a republican form of government and I enlarged it to 8.5 by 11 and I faxed it to her and then I called her on the phone again and she goes oh well yeah that'll do
3: (laughs) (laughs) well you know sometimes people have to be shown the evidence, but uh interesting stuff, and I think it's it's very eye opening at least it is for me to be thinking about these things and to be uh you know talking about them and like I said, Michael, you know we're just looking for ways to educate people and and edu- educate ourselves at the same time because there's so much to learn and uh especially when you talk about law, we found in our That's little debate uh, when we That's talked about fact. the federal Reserve and the legality of the i r s uh the income tax law you know we we never really got anywhere it was kind of a a neutral point that we got to, so you know it, it is what it is. But uh, I'm really glad that you brought the points that you did.
2: And, and I also want to ask you uh, really quickly, Michael, before we before we uh, wrap it up because we're running out of time here. Um, Jim Cramer from the, uh, Mad Money had uh, talked about uh, wanting an investigation into the Federal Reserve. He felt that uh, they were responsible for many of the booms and busts in this economy over over the years. Uh, what do you yes. What do you have to say to that?
1: I think that the uh, Federal Reserve is the cause of all of our economic problems in the United States. The reason that the Federal Reserve was brought in in 1913 was presumably to prevent inflation and deflation, and then back in 1929 after 1913 we had the greatest depression this country has ever seen. Well, if the United uh, if the Federal Reserve was supposed to prevent that, you know it wouldn't have happened i contend that the federal reserve caused the great depression of nineteen twenty nine by contracting the money supply but more to the point the federal reserve is completely totally one hundred percent unequivocally unconstitutional you and i do not have the authority to print money out of thin air therefore we don't have the authority to give to the united states and Article 1, Section 8, Clause 5 says Congress has the power to coin money. We never gave Congress the authority to print money. Well, in 1913, the Federal Reserve Act presumably gave the Federal Reserve the authority to print money. Congress doesn't have the uh, power to transfer their authority to somebody else in the first place, and they certainly don't have the power to let the federal reserve print money if they didn't have that power in the be- in the, to begin with so again the federal reserve act of nineteen thirteen is completely totally one hundred percent unconstitutional and you know the sooner we the people wake up and um, you know put an end to the federal reserve and the phony money that we have the better off we're all gonna be
3: absolutely michael and anybody who has not seen aaron russo's uh, america freedom to fascism definitely check it out and do your own research and definitely look up the claims made in that documentary because you'll find some really interesting stuff there
2: absolutely michael uh, plug your website one more time um... because uh, we gotta go um... and and thank you very much for for coming on the show
1: my pleasure My website is ConstitutionPreservation.org, dot org and my book is called good to be king it establishes the Radical
2: idea that we are the same. Great, thank you very much, Mike, for for staying on. Hang on the line. I want to uh, wrap with you for a little bit. Uh, you're listening to Animal Farm here on the We the People Radio Network. We'll be right back.
11: Thank you.
5: My fellow Americans, ask
4: not who owns the Federal Reserve. Ask not why they took the gold out of our country. Ask not why I wanted to abolish the Federal Reserve. My fellow citizens of the world, ask not. For the first time since the JFK assassination, we have used the Watergate mantra of follow the money, which has led us to a startling revelation on the identity of the mastermind behind the crime. This revelation could blow the Kennedy assassination wide open. To find out who that mystery man is, go to www.thenextstrike.com and click on the channel The JFK Assassination
7: now you and your friends and family can enjoy the sweetest cleanest drinking water anytime even while traveling camping at sporting events or in emergency situations the berkey light removes bacteria cysts parasites and harmful chemicals to below detectable levels. It reduces nitrates and unhealthy minerals like lead and mercury, yet leaves in the nutritional minerals your body needs. The Berkey light is so powerful it can purify raw, untreated water from remote sources. The optional PF2 filter even removes fluoride. The Berkey light has a rechargeable LED lighting system and an elevated base for use in places other than a countertop. To get your Berkey system, please visit We the People Radio Network. At WTPRN.com and click the Berkey banner or call 512 646 6444. That's WTPRN.com or call 512 646 6444.
12: Deadline Live and Jack Ludd are proud to announce our new bookstore. (laughs)
5: Jack Blood. Catch Deadline Live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday, right here on We the People Radio Network. WTPR.
2: All right, folks, we're back. You're listening to The Animal Farm here on We the People Radio Network. Just got off the phone with Michael Badnarik, 2004 presidential candidate. His website is constitutionpreservation.org. His book is Good to Be King. Um, go visit him. Go check him out. Go watch his constitutional class online. It, it is incredible. Eight hours of hardcore uh, stuff that you were just hearing here on the air, uh, but just much more in depth, and uh, it's it's great. It was great. great. It yeah. was
3: it was really enlightening, and and we really do appreciate uh, that. So thank you, Michael. And I wanted to lead in uh, and to segue into this article because I thought it was pretty appropriate. Uh, Dick Cheney wants surveillance law expanded. I was going to talk about this before the interview, but I'm actually glad I waited now to put it in perspective. And as uh, Associated Press, Vice President Dick Cheney prodded Congress on Wednesday to extend and broaden an expiring surveillance law saying, yes, yes, (laughs) 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 that's pretty much what I, that's what I was thinking when I heard this, oh boy, Fyfe's really getting his, 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 his two cents in there, anyway, he had to extend and broaden an expiring surveillance law saying fighting the war on terror is a long-term enterprise that should not come with an, with an expiration date. Just before I go on there, Ben, I know that, you know, the word enterprise has a couple different meanings, but I think Dick Cheney's talking about the commercialized meaning of enterprise, meaning that it's, about Star Trek. it's a business, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're reminding Congress that they must act now. Of course, you've heard that all the time. Cheney told the Heritage Foundation, a conservative think tank, the law which authorizes the administration to eavesdrop on emails and phone calls to and From suspected terrorists Mm -hmm. expires on February 1st. Oh no. Congress is bickering over terms of its extension. This cause is bigger than the quarrels of the party and the agendas of the politicians, Cheney said. And if we in Washington, all of us, can only see our way clear to work together, then the outcome should not be in doubt.
9: How many hours of a drunken Cheney reading aloud for Mein Kampf can anyone stand?
3: Yeah, really. I and mean, you know, that's kind of funny, Ben, because I was talking to you off the air, and I was actually asking you, like, have you heard from Dick Cheney in a while? It's been a while since good old Dick uh, got on the horn there and gave us something else. But then again, once the surveillance law is about to, expire you're sure to hear from him so you know and just to put in perspective sometimes people look at my demeanor and say well he's the Darth vader of the administration <laughs> yeah. i can't imagine why dick you're such a warm character nevertheless um well, I mean, after the interview, I'm still kind of overwhelmed. There was just so much information in, in the hour and 20 minutes there that we had, or even less, and I just can't wait to go back and listen to it and really and archive and break it down. And we will. We have to have Michael ben- Bednark back on. That's just the bottom line. So, well, it um, really just shows how
2: far we've, yes. uh, how far we've come in our, in our original understanding of what the Constitution was and the purpose of it in general. I mean, it just it is a testament. When you hear these people on, on air and everybody's constantly saying, democracy, democracy, we right. have to protect our democracy, it's it it really just shows how far we've come
3: yeah, it's, 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 it's no wonder why so many people in this country uh, are in the dark, you know, and some of it's not really their fault. Even people who do try to pay attention, you know, they get the mainstream media, newspapers and, and TV or radio, yeah. and it's just so difficult to distinguish what really is going on, um, especially when you use the words like constitutional republic and democracy. It's so difficult because you don't really know what you're fighting for at first because you've been spoon-fed yeah. all this information. And then when you think back, you think, well, yeah, you know, when I said the Pledge of Allegiance, I do remember saying the word republic. Yeah. So, um, I mean. And, and and you know, there's we talked a lot about the uh,
2: the prison of the mind and stuff like that. And you know, the the moment where somebody sort of gets the the light of liberty, as Michael would call it, in their heart, and they start to go out in there and they start to uh, recognize what freedom is and what America is, they get co-opted by the news. It's almost like they're trying to escape from this prison uh, that they've built in their mind. And then right when they're about to do it, there's the mainstream media to just hold the door shut and keep them inside the box. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure if any of you have read the ex-UN weapons inspector Scott Ritter, uh recent yeah. article on him. He was questioning Bush and the administration regarding 9-11, but there was a quote from this article that uh, it was actually an analogy that Scott Ritter had made that I thought was truly brilliant. It was humorous in a way, but it was more brilliant than anything else. He said, we the people have the same resources and tools that intelligence networks rely heavily on. It's called Google, he said. In his hilarious analogy, the American people, like baby birds, wait each night in front of their television sets for the corporate news bird to land in their living room and lovingly puke down our necks with the day's regurgitated news. And I read that, and I said, wow, I mean, talk about saying it in 100 words or less and saying it right. Um... I mean, also touched upon, and we will talk about political type stuff. Ben, there's a lot of stuff that I want to talk about regarding the candidates on both sides of the spectrum. We have Not a lot of ultimate Crapsling. Well, you know, we have Thompson uh, dropping now. We have Huckabee and Giuliani. They've been broke for God knows how long. We got some stuff to talk about on the Democratic side. But before we do, I do, and I, I was, ca- I catch these articles out of the UK, and you almost instantly know they're out of the UK because of just the headlines. And I got to read some of these, Ben. These are just outrageous, folks. But random breath tests plan for motorists. Okay, again, this is out of the U.K. Motorists face being subjected to random breath testing as part of the biggest shakeup of drink, uh, drunken driving laws. It actually says drink drive laws. I think that's how they refer to it. Since the introduction of the breathalyzer 40 years ago, the Daily Telegraph can disclose. Ministers are convinced that tougher enforcement is the key to cutting the number of alcohol-related road deaths. Their plans for random testing will be unveiled within weeks. You can no. check out that article for yourselves. Just type in random breath test plan for motorists. It's a long article. And then there's just one more. Uh, UK police want to find campus extremists. And this, I think, Ben, is, is far worse. Yeah. Ten times worse. British police seek help to spot extremists on university campuses. Of all places, Ben, to limit the privilege of free speech. And I'm, um, of course, the, You're that was... are not,
7: Muslim friends. We're here to find parents.
3: <laughs> uh, Associated Press, uh, British police have offered to train university staff to spot extremists operating on campus despite complaints from Muslim students that they could be unfairly targeted, a government document said Tuesday. Lecturers have been urged to scrutinize both students and invited speakers for signs they could be involved in radicalizing young people according to new government guidelines bill rammel the higher education minister published advice to universities tuesday on tackling extremism requesting institutions share information on suspected radical speakers ben what is a radical speaker
2: uh, radical of course is a subjective term um and and according to police anybody that uh you know killing 600,000 civilians in iraq oh, wow. is not radical but um you know talking about h.r. 1955 yeah. and and stuff like that. That is radical. radical. And uh, having Michael Bernard on your show. This is a test of the emergency <laughs> moron system. The
3: <laughs> article definitely goes definitely on. Radical. It's unbelievable. I can't, believe I'm, I can't believe I'm alive and I'm reading this. There, The article goes on. There is a real and serious threat, and we must all take responsibility for protecting ourselves, Ramel said. Al-Qaeda influenced terrorism, was the government's primary concern, he said, warning schools of the threat posed by far-right groups, animal rights activists, anti-Semitic or anti-Islamic speakers so i mean I don't, I don't know what to tell you folks i mean it really honestly is getting more bizarre each week and i i know that it, it does seem to get more bizarre, more quickly in the UK. I mean, there was just that one show that we just rambled off, just the titles of some of the articles. But it, it's it's just unbelievable. And the reason why I like to talk about these articles is not to uh, show the difference between how much more free we are. The, the bottom line is that it's coming here. It's going to be part of our civilization if we let it happen.
2: Well, I think I think one of the reasons that we talk about these articles and one of the reasons why it's effective that we talk about these articles from an activist standpoint, is that, you know, when you talk to people and you say, hey, we're losing our freedoms in, our, in this country, they constantly say to you, what, what freedoms are we losing? Yeah. Yeah, I can
3: go walk around right now and nobody's going to stop me. I could go,
2: I actually heard somebody say to me one time that they were free because they were able to walk down the corner of the street and buy a jug of milk.
3: That's the same exact thing one of my good friends said to me when I had an argument. What
2: the hell is your definition of freedom?
3: Uh, What name is going on here? Whatever, yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) belief system is a very strong thing, and some people's belief system will not allow... They love their slavery, man. They just just won't allow it, because most people's instinct when they realize the truth about what's going on is to fight it, and they don't want to do that. Nevertheless, uh, there was another article that was uh, off-topic of what we're talking about, but nevertheless, out of Reuters, unfavorable drug studies don't get into print, which is a report. Um, This is out of Reuters, once again, nearly a third of antidepressant drug studies are never published in the medical literature, and nearly all happen to show that the drug being tested did not work, researchers researchers reported on Wednesday. We'll talk about it more when we get back. It was all the result of um, the drug Chantex. I was actually... Investigating that the anti-smoking drug. Listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show on We the People Radio Network. We will right back. Stay tuned.
1: Internet.
10: People who use carbite know about the pollutants in our body and want them out. For over five years, Cardivite has proven itself time-tested. Here's Dr. Matson, a naturopathic doctor's thoughts on Cardivite.
11: In our mind, there isn't such a great big mystery to disease anymore. This basic tenant of yeast and the gut and metals in the liver covers at least 70, 80% of the diseases that we see. When we do our program, you know, herbal formulas like Cardivite, and you see someone who could barely walk up a hill now going for regular jobs a few months later, we know we're doing something right. It's a well thought out formula. I mean, the idea of it working on yeast and metals both at the same time and liver function is dead on. You'll find, I think, that it'll work more than just on on heart problems and circulation problems. It'll work on other problems as well.
10: For more information, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit our website at www.heartdrop.com. That toll-free number again, 1-877-928-8822. Republican presidential candidate
0: Ron Paul is unique. Congressman Ron Paul has a principled, consistent voting record that is not dictated by special interests in Washington. Ron Paul has stood resolute against our government's interference overseas, in our economy, and in our personal lives. Ron Paul is the champion of the Constitution. Ron Paul's candidacy is hope for America. Be a part of it. Join us. Thousands already have. Ron Paul has received more donations from men and women in the military than any other candidate. Don't believe the cynical lie that we can't fight the big money that funds politics as usual. People of every age, race, and background, united by a message of freedom, peace, and prosperity, are ready to take this country back. Learn more at RonPaul2008.com. That's RonPaul2008.com.
9: This is Ron Paul, candidate for president, and I approve this message. This message brought to you by grassroots efforts to elect Ron Paul.
1: Fabrique Nationale makes a rifle known as the Fusil Automatic Leger, or Light Automatic Rifle, considered to be the right arm of what's left of the free world. If you're familiar with FNFAL, then visit GunPartsGuy.com, an excellent source for parts, accessories, and technical support for all FAL rifles. If you'd like to modify or upgrade your FAL, the Gun Parts Guy has a great selection of new, refinished, and refurbished parts. The Gun parts Guy doesn't have a federal firearms license, and he doesn't want one, but he is the source for parts, and the best best FAL kits today, call James at 360-906-8369 or email gunpartsguy at hotmail.com. You'll be pleased with the personal care and technical support you get from the Gun Parts Guy. That number again, 360-906-8369. Whether you call or visit the website at gunpartsguy.com, be sure to mention WTPRN to get an additional 10% discount off their already low, low prices. News.
10: Politics, cover ups,
12: government corruption. You're listening to We the People Radio Network.
5: WTPRN.
3: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show on We the People Radio Network. We have a little bit of time left, and we have a lot to cram in, so I want to get right into it. I did leave off with this article out of Reuters, the unfavorable drug studies that didn't get into print. And I think it's an incredibly interesting and very important article. Most uh, just, you know, take a look around you. Take a look at your family members, your friends, uh, anybody on any prescription medication should really know this and, and do their own investigation. Wow. Uh, once again, out of Reuters, nearly a third of antidepressant drug studies are never published in the medical literature, and nearly all happen to show that the drug being tested did not work, researchers reported on Wednesday in some of the studies that are published, unfavorable results have been recast to make the medicine appear more effective than it really is, said the research team led by Eric Turner of the Oregon Health and Science University. Even if not deliberate, this can be bad news for patients. They wrote in their report published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Selective publication could lead doctors to make inappropriate prescribing decisions that may not be in the best interest of their patients (laughs) and thus public health, they wrote. Well, I think that's more than obvious, and you know, thank you for the enlightenment, but yeah, I think it can even worse than that i
5: have gotten away
0: with it too it yeah. wasn't for these blasted kids and their
3: dogs <laughs> and I think uh, you know I think the uh, the show before us that was on I think they were talking about Merck and Viox, and it's just one big example ben, but there's many more and what actually led me to the research to find this out was I was looking up the drug Chantex or Chantix uh, C-H-A-N-T-I-X I think it's spelled I'm not a smoker but I was just looking into the side effects because I had read out of Newsmax I think there were mm-hmm. some very bad public, some bad publicity coming out of that yeah uh, that news source about that drug and apparently it's getting worse and I think there are suicides as the result of this drug and of course the company comes out with the same jargon. There's no evidence to link this to suicide, but sure enough, uh, some pretty pretty undesirable results. But nevertheless, put that in your meanwhile.
6: pipe and smoke it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile <laughs> children are uh, on antidepressants and they're going into their schools and they're blasting up a ton of people
3: it's, and they're going yeah. into malls and they're blasting every, up people. Almost every single time you hear about a shooting in a mall or some kind of shooting on a campus it's always a result of these medications. But we're jumping around here. We do want to cover a lot of the news. We want to get into the politics. We don't have much time left. If you want to call us, though, it is 888-202-1984. Uh, ben, I'm going to jump into this other article, The Grandmother. This is really an animal farm favorite, isn't it? A grandmother who was arrested at a drive through McDonald's while waiting for French fries and coffee. A 75 year old woman was arrested at the Clearwater McDonald's drive through because police said she wouldn't pull her car forward. I fall
9: and I can't get up. <laughs> well, don't take my word for it. Listen to the quick report. A grandmother of
4: eight was arrested after a special order in a McDonald's drive through went bad. 75 year old Jean Marola says that. She ordered coffee and fries with no salt from McDonald's in Clearwater. Her fries weren't ready, so she had to wait. But Marola says an officer that happened to be sitting behind her in the drive-up started honking his horn. He then asked for her license and registration, but she refused to give it to him.
1: I was under arrest.
7: I was under arrest because I was in the wrong parking space. I says, well, they told me to park here.
4: (laughs) Again, the grandmother who just wanted hot fries with no salt and some coffee was charged with disorderly conduct and was released from the Pinellas County Jail after about an hour and a half.
1: I am absolutely appalled at how much people in this country do not think
3: here you getting you down, folks. New world order got you on the run. But don't fret, you got the Animal Farm radio show on We the People Radio Network. You're listening to the Animal Farm radio show on We the People Radio Network.
2: I'm your host Brent Miller showing here with Tony Pack No bad Right. The call-in number is 888-202-1984. No coincidence, that's 888-202-1984. We got this article about poor old lady that was just trying to get some salt with no salt with no salt and <laughs> some coffee. How ridiculous. Oh,
7: I call and I can't get up. <laughs> I
2: have this article right here. Oh, good. Nine eleven families. Firefighters protest Giuliani's Orlando appearance. A <laughs> Republican presidential candidate Ru- Rudy Giuliani made a campaign stop in downtown Orlando on Monday morning at the Presidential Ballroom at Church Street, but he wasn't alone. September 11th families and New York firefighters protested outside. Protesters say Giuliani lied to the public about his 9-11 record, and they say they traveled to Orlando because they don't
3: believe he could be trusted. Oh, the political oh, the- oh, the- Yeah, well, Ben, I mean, this, is- this has been going on. We've been covering the Giuliani protests, and Giuliani. we're really... Giuliani. I'm sorry, yes. Well, if you're going to say, well, let's just call it Gulagianni, but we're not going to get it. Nosferatu, you know, there's so many names for this guy. But, there, I mean, what it really comes down to it, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I was born and raised in New York. I've always lived here. Um, and, and the bottom line, folks, is that Giuliani is not the hero of 9-11. Despite popular belief and despite every campaign ad commercial that he puts out, it's just simply not true. He's and, evil. and without d- diving into the 9-11 issues with the steel and the melting, you know, we'll talk about the, uh, the PG-13... Or or the Rated R stuff, if you will. And the bottom line is that there are a bunch of firefighters from New York that actually are, you know, there's this coalition against... Rudy, Julie or Giuliani and I want to play... It's Ed. like a mob. Well, they actually went to Florida because you know Giuliani has been in Florida. He's been campaigning. This is like the last stand for him and hopefully he will be gone after this primary. Um, but the bottom line is that you know they've actually gone from New York down to Florida, with a bunch of people and they're protesting against Giuliani. Here's the uh, no audio. No
5: kidding! Yeah. He will not talk to us. He'll send his cronies. When we were in New Hampshire, Howard Taker got on the radio after me on the Wolf Blitzer show and he said, I was denigrating the heroism of my loved one. Because I was questioning Rudy Giuliani, and it's supposedly you're unpatriotic if you question Rudy Giuliani. Well, I mean, Rudy Giuliani didn't take the time to go into the service and he got a illegal deferment. When it was his time to serve, he didn't want to serve. And he's not, you know, they're questioning us. We just want the facts out there, and we want to talk about it and stop them spreading lies, saying the radios work, that we had respirators, when it's in black and white, they didn't work. And we didn't have respirators, and they'll go on TV and lie. And we want America to know that they're lying to Florida and to the American public, telling all of Florida that the New York City Fire Department backs him when that's another lie. Why? At 9.20 in the morning, 39 minutes before the North Tower, before the South Tower fell, the first tower, Rudy ran. He ran like a coward before the towers fell. He took off and ran with all his commissioners who were supposed to be the leaders. OEM was supposed to be in charge down there. They were considered useless and invisible. The Office of Emergency Management. They did nothing. They took off and ran. They got to the safety of a building, Berkeley Street, five blocks north of where the South Tower fell. That building suffered no structural damage, interior or exterior. The outside of it had, had dust and debris around it. Rudy was running like all the other citizens of New York were doing that day, running away. He had too many decisions to to make. Yeah, the one decision he made was which direction he was going to run. And he ran north, and that's all he did. He ran. TV made him a hero. He got on TV and said, America, stay calm, and everything will be all right. We'll pull through this. That's all he did. Nothing else. He didn't prepare us before, during, nor after, and he ran like a coward on 9-11, and that's a fact.
3: Yeah, and if it's not bad enough that you have the firefighters and family members, uh, the victims uh family members coming down to Florida from New York to actually protest to take time out of their day to come and protest against Giuliani uh, obviously the the feelings are hitting home with them and yeah as if it, as if 911 wasn't bad enough and all the death and destruction that it caused yeah. um there's a whole another story Ben and most people listening know about this but there's a whole another story that's still ongoing about people getting sick uh rescue workers getting sick firefighters who did survive getting, you know, all these people who are getting not ill. Not even just people. I mean, the uh, rescue dogs are
2: dying left and
3: right. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, th- there's all kinds of problems. And, I mean, I'm not going to put every single thing on Giuliani. But the bottom line is that he's got nerve, to put let's it very lightly. Just, let's just say that they refused to,
2: to uh, dig up any of the bodies from the World Trade Center. And they actually used... Dead bodies to fill in potholes around the city.
3: Yeah, and it was actually an article that just came up and they found a couple more fragments. I mean, they're finding body parts still. And how many years has it
2: been now? <laughs> Seven years. Yeah.
3: So I mean, well, you know what? That's that's
2: one reason, and and it's one indication of that the people aren't buying it anymore. His low poll numbers in Florida and are not in Florida, but everywhere around the country. You know what? Ron Paul is is wiping wow oh, yeah with
3: America's mayor. Yeah, Ron Correct! Paul. Ron Paul is destroying him, and and uh, yeah, I think that's the only bit of good news. And I I I, I totally respect and. I, um... I give a lot of credit to the people who are taking action, and and I think it's work. I I know it's working because, to my huge surprise, I think to many people's surprise, Giuliani has done awful, awful in this presidential race. Uh, I think he's brought it upon himself for numerous reasons, and this is certainly not uh, just this is just one of them, but there are a lot more. So, but let's you know, let's dive into it. I mean, you have a lot of stuff going on. I, most of you know Fred Thompson now. Uh, as of Tuesday, uh, dropped out of the race as of yesterday. Fred D. Thompson, the former uh, senator of Tennessee, drops out of the Republican race for president. The decision came after Mr. Thompson's third-place primary showing on Saturday in South Carolina, a state he had once hoped to win, instead underscored the weakness of his campaign. So uh, we are on a break. Animal Farm Radio Show, when we get back, we're going to finish up. Thanks for listening, and we shall return.
10: People who use Cardivite know about the pollutants in our body and want them out. For over five years, Cardivite has proven itself time-tested. Here's Dr. Matson, a naturopathic doctor's thoughts on Cardivite.
11: In our mind, there isn't such a great big mystery to disease anymore. I mean, this basic tenet of yeast and the gut and metals in the liver covers at least 70% 80% of the diseases that we see. When we do our program, you know, herbal formulas like cardavite, and you see someone who could barely walk up a hill now going for regular jobs a few months later, we know we're doing something right. It's a well-thought-out formula. I mean, the idea of it working on yeast and metals both at the same time and liver function is dead on. You'll find, I think, that it'll work more than just on on heart problems and circulation problems. It'll work on other problems as well.
10: For more information, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit our website at www.heartdrop.com. That toll-free number again, 1-877-928-8822.
12: Hey, Jack Blood here, host of Deadline Live. I wanted to share with you my secret weapon in fighting the new world order. It's a new product called Enterfood. Enterfood is bar none the best health supplement I've tried, and I've tried them all. With many ingredients like spirulina, chlorella, dulce, kelp, barley, grass, alfalfa leaf, beetroot, orange peel, winter cherry root, it really is nothing less than superfood. I couldn't imagine having to shop and prepare all of these ingredients, but now I don't have to. Enterfood's done it for me. A simple scoop of powder. Every day is all it takes No fillers, no miracle claims No magic bullets Just a real product with real results Call them today and mention Jack Flood And get a special discount Get the two pack special with the coconut oil powder Call them now one 762 9238 one 762 9238 Or simply go to Enterfood.com That's E-N-E-R Enterfood.com Tell them Jack Flood sent you
7: now you and your friends and family can enjoy the sweetest cleanest drinking water anytime even while traveling camping at sporting events or in emergency situations the berkey light removes bacteria cysts parasites and harmful chemicals to below detectable levels it reduces nitrates and unhealthy minerals like lead and mercury yet leaves in the nutritional minerals your body needs The Berkey light is so powerful, it can purify raw, untreated water from remote sources. The optional PF2 filter even removes fluoride. The Berkey light has a rechargeable LED lighting system and an elevated base for use in places other than a countertop. To get your Berkey system, please visit We the People Radio Network at WTPRN.com and click the Berkey banner or call 512-646-6444. That's WTPRN.com or
5: call 512-646-6444. Online and on demand, this is We the People Radio
8: Network. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back.
3: Welcome back. All right, folks, welcome back to our final segment here at the Animal Farm Radio Show on We the People Radio Network. Lots going on. We had a uh, pretty intense show. We had Michael Badnarik on and uh, we're trying to get to the political news and we just finished up. I know most of you know, but uh, if you don't, Fred D. Thompson, a former senator from Tennessee, has dropped out of the Republican race. I personally feel that it's yes. been well overdue. I don't know what he was trying to accomplish. And frankly, I have no idea why anybody would support him, but that's just my very humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> the decision came after Mr. Thompson's third place primary showing on Saturday in South Carolina, a state he had hoped to win. Instead, he underscored the weakness of his campaign. He says, I hope that my country and my party have benefited from our having made this effort. Jerry and I will always be grateful for the encouragement and finish of blah, 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 blah. All right, I'm sorry, Fred. I just don't really, I just don't care. I'm sorry. I have a bad attitude tonight. I'm really upset. I'm trying to. It boring watching him talk. I mean, really, honestly, folks, I mean, <laughs> you want to make a case for Huckabee or whatever. Fred Thompson, really, just just email us. Give me one quality of this man that you could see would benefit this country as president of the United States, and I can't see any. Nevertheless, Ben, Huckabee is broke. Giuliani, we know all the problems going on with his campaign, but he's also reportedly broke. Thompson's out. He's also asking his, his uh, employees to, to work for nothing, and uh, he's well, yeah. his lower-level employees to work for even less. So, in the Republican race, I think it might be safe to say that there is, well, of course, there's the uh, McCains of the world. We have John McCain, who seems to be doing fairly well. We have Mitt Romney, and I think we have Ron Paul, despite the fact that, Yet even in this stage of the game, so many people are excluding Ron Paul from articles, even saying that he is running for president. It's, it's to becoming, this
2: day. It's becoming so blatant, it's and so obvious um, that people that uh, are are now for Ron Paul are looking at the mainstream media and saying, "Holy crap, this is way worse than I thought it was." Yeah. They're going out of their way. Kidding.
3: They're going out of their way to ignore Ron Paul. Yeah, and Ron Paul raised a, a very nice sum of money on the Martin Luther King Money Bomb Day. and I think right now he's up to th- over three mil. Is that correct, Ben? Three point 3. three
2: last time I well, checked. And uh, you know, this is this just really goes to show. You yeah. Know, you got you got Giuliani who's asking his staff to work for peanuts. <laughs> you have uh, Fred Thompson who's dropping off. You have Mike Huckabee who's also asking his staff to work for <laughs> peanuts. And then you have Ron Paul who's just
3: Floating and loading in the cash, and he doesn't know what to do with it. Still getting the support that he deserves, and uh, I think it just shows how many people are still supporting him, and I think it's a wonderful thing. And if the Republican race isn't uh, enough of a debauchery, if it isn't just uh, crap everywhere at this point, and there's so many things going on, you know, candidates dropping out and and bankruptcy, uh, my father and I were sitting at the dinner table last night talking about, well, politics in general, but we had touched upon, you know, the false left right paradigm that you, Ben, myself, and Python, and all the listeners are so familiar with, and we had gotten into it. And, you know, I think it's obvious that a lot of one of the reasons why so many people get turned off to politics, at least at the front end, even if it's after school or during school, is that they portray it as this ridiculous, boring mess where there's the blue team and the red team, and there's, there's no sport to this, and there really is no team. It's and they just talk about these things that nobody can understand. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, it's, it's it's just it's like someone running
2: around in a circle until they're dizzy enough to fall over. Well, this is one of the reasons that why I love to have Michael Badnark on the show because he really lays things out in such a simple to understand way in such a fundamental way that really captures the uh, uh, the fire inside you the natural human human emotions inside you, you know, this is this is really right. uh, one of the reasons that we had him on because he's able to portray things in a very simple to understand fashion.
3: Right, and then right after dinner, uh, we I, had, I was watching Lou Dobbs and then he was talking about illegal immigration or something, and then right after he had a round table, which was basically as useless as the whole idea of left versus right. Mm. Ridiculous nonsense that makes no difference and it will never help any of us. And then he pointed out to me, he said, you know what, this is what I can't stand about politics and I say, you know what, you're absolutely right. And as if things couldn't get any worse at that point, Ben, I unfortunately had the, uh, the <laughs> I, I caught the replay of the Democratic debate. And to me, oh, this was one of the most embarrassing moments for me as an American citizen in this country in 26 years.
5: While I was working on those streets, watching those folks see their jobs shipped overseas. You were a corporate lawyer sitting on the board of Walmart.
8: I was fighting against those ideas when you were practicing law and representing your contributor Resco in his slum landlord business in inner city Chicago. (laughs) For most of two hours, they traded insults, often at the same time.
5: Let's talk about Ronald Reagan. What you just repeated here today is patent. Wait, no, no oh, Hillary, Robert, you I just. Did spoke, I did not say anything about minutes. Ronald Reagan. You said two you do, things. You, you, talked no, really,
8: Reagan, sorry, you, you talked about admiring Ronald Reagan, and you talked about the ideas spoke. of the Republicans. I didn't what? talk about Hillary? Ronald Reagan.
5: We just had the tape. You just said that I complimented the Republican ideas. That is not true. So these are the kinds of political games that we are accustomed
3: to. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Won't wait. Won't wait okay, it goes on. I'm going s- to I know. You shut up! You shut up! You shut up. <laughs> shut up! You shut up! Shut up! You
6: shut up! Shut up!
3: <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think I can say it any better like I always say with Pieth here. Thank you, Pieth. Yeah, Folks, I mean, no, but biased. but seriously, but, but let's, you know, again, let's 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 just t- try to calm down for a second and just realize that <laughs> these are the two leading candidates for the democratic nominee to run as president of the united states Um Embarrassing is not the word. I'm certainly no fan of John Edwards. I think he's just as guilty in many senses of I've this, seen. of I've this seen. stupid, is this stupid fighting, this nonsense, this, just this jargon. This is a waste of television time. This is a waste of American time, you know, for, uh, TV time. You're trying to, you, you, someone actually wants to take interest in this, in this thing we call the presidential race. You turn on the TV and you see these two people fighting. Someone just give these people, you know, uh... weapons and let them fight it out behind the stage. Just give these people this, gay bombs. This, like, But this this has no place. This is disgusting. This is absolutely unacceptable and finally john edwards i think he made a good point you know there's three people in this debate i mean you barely even heard from this guy because once obama initiated the attack i'm not blaming either of them who cares at this point i mean this reminds me of high school this reminds me of middle school when people used to argue about you know who's got the best toys grow up for god's sakes this is america we are in dire straits how many times am i going to tell you this we are in big big trouble we need people to start leading this country not bitching and moaning stop arguing you're on national television, in a democratic debate, there are only three of you left. Grow up. For God's sakes, I mean, am I the only one who's embarrassed here? I, I couldn't fall asleep. I patted on in the background. And, uh, unfor- Thank you, and unfortunately, you know, I, this gave me bad nightmares uh, all night. This, this is ridiculous. I can't believe that I'll actually... I mean, we have to understand that this is ridiculous. we got to get unbelievable. You get fired
2: up. Get riled up and get you fired, get fired up. up. Give me an A J. Yes, give it give it to us. Go ahead. Give us give us
5: I want you to rise up and get fired yeah. up and get angry and just just start grinding your teeth and just get mentally ready. But if they keep pushing, we're
6: gonna take them. And I mean, take them, savage. That's right. I mean, run God them down. You. Let me take yeah.
5: their heads, just <laughs> ram them into the concrete Absolutely. heads <laughs> just bust open. Oh. <laughs> just crush them. You know what I'm talking about? Just bite big, huge, bloody chunks right out of them. Absolutely. Nothing can stop
4: us. That's right. Preach,
3: preach on. I mean, no. No, but seriously. I mean, I, and I, and I now you know, now it's. It's, it's obvious after listening to this, not that I didn't know before, but it's, it's obvious why people don't like politics, because it's ridiculous. I mean, does anybody want to turn on TV and see two people arguing like babies, like 13-year-olds? No. No. That's why we watch sports. That's why we find something where there actually is an absolute, where there's a winner and there's a loser and there's stats, because you can at least define something out of it. You can listen. You can watch. You can follow. And it's research, and it's fun, and it's interesting, and it's a very exciting thing. This is a joke. These people should have been rushed off the stage, and Jonathan Edwards should have had the whole floor just to talk about something. This got us nowhere last night, and you know what? At this point, I don't even know who to vote for at this point besides Ron Paul. If Ron Paul does not get the nominee. I don't know what to do. I'm not going to vote for these two clowns. This is unbelievable. And I, You know, whatever. Next show, we'll elaborate. We'll, we'll Are there labor- things sh- that make you angry? Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> have oh, you my. by any chance lost your kitty? I did lose my kitty, Mr. Rogers, I swear. I think I have lost my kitty, because I swear to God. I mean, you know, and then I really, it hit home, because that's when my, my father and I were talking about this, and, and whoever watched it, whoever could actually stomach this debate, I give you a lot more credit than I give myself, because I certainly, been. I couldn't oh, stand I mean, it, was, it. I, I wanted a break. Happened my television there set. There had to
2: be people that loved it out there. There had to be people that were uh, really uh, enjoying it very much. Um, and uh, I really wanted them to start saying, Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> yeah.
3: Jerry. Well, if nothing else, I think, you know, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not partisan. I don't, I don't buy into this nonsense of black versus white and red versus blue and all this, you know what. But the bottom line is, I think it's obvious that neither of those candidates can lead. And I'm talking about Hillary and Obama. Neither of them have the The respect or the, you know, the maturity at this point to lead anything who didn't vote for this, who didn't vote for that? Oh, but you were doing this when I was doing. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, is am I actually living in this in this reality? I'm sorry, folks, but I don't know. I don't even know what else to do at this point. But I think this this type of um debate and this experience really speaks for itself because you know what I'm talking about. I can't believe Hillary I, said that. Uh, no, no, he de- uh, yes he did. Like just, just just start fighting. Just get on the just someone win. Someone beat the hell out of one another so we can <laughs> get on with the real debate. <laughs> can Maybe we talk about the war? Can they we talk about wrestling? healthcare? I don't know what to do. Hillary and Oliver, a bunch of scum, too. Seriously, I'd rather just give these two people, like, you know, one of the joust to get them on a the joust, and one of them gets knocked off, and they're out of the, the race at this Absolutely. point. And then you have Bill Clinton running around, you know, with this, like, he's running for president. It's just, it's like romper room. It's and circus. We, we all know it's fake. We all can see right past the idea that it's not real. Yeah. Neither one of these candidates are going to do anything. And the fact of the matter is, you've got people in the audience praising these people and cheering for their, like, oh, yeah, you know, Obama made a good point there. Right. This Almighty. is sick. This is disgusting. I Lord, feel sick us. to my stomach. Lord, Are you, help us all. You got to be kidding me. Anyway, God folks, Animal and Farm Jesus. Radio.
8: Garden baby, Jesus help us.
3: Please, God help us. Thank you for listening tonight, folks. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show. We will be back next week. Have a great week. Take care.
11: Stop that train. Thank you. Goodbye.
6: Stop that train. Stop.